Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our new series, Spoiler Alert. Now, when you hear that term, you're already thinking somebody is going to reveal how something ends or how something comes out. Our first reaction normally to spoiler alert is we want to cover up, right? Whether it's, I don't know how the movie ends yet, I haven't read the book yet, or I, haven't, I don't know how the game is going to come out, we don't wanna know what that spoiler alert is. For example, my wife Denise is an avid Packer fan. In fact, you really haven't, enjoyed a Packer game to its fullest unless you've done so with Denise. She'll be there during the game, she'll cheer, she'll whoop, she'll scream. There may even been a time or two that she's thrown herself on the floor. I mean, if you happen to have a luxury box up at Lambeau and really want to experience a Packer game to the full, then I think that you know inviting us up would be a really good idea for that. Now, if Denise can't be at the beginning of the game that she's watching, she is going to wrap herself in a cone of silence. Won't talk to anybody beforehand. She'll call ahead to make sure all of the devices are turned off in our home before she gets there. And then she'll make a beeline for the room to start at the beginning of the game. No spoiler alerts for her at all. How many of you have experienced a spoiler alert just being dropped on you that you didn't want. Would you just let me know that in the chat? Like, yep, that's happened to me. And if you can, what specifically was that spoiler alert that happened to you? Maybe somebody told you how the book ended, so you are no longer motivated to read the 6,000 pages of The Lord of the Rings because you know how it comes out or the 10 million pages of Harry Potter, because somebody told you how it turned out that way. A lot of times, we don't want to know what that spoiler alert is. But on the other hand, there are times that more than anything, we just want to know what happened. For example, you have a child that is going into surgery, and you're told your child is going to be in surgery for about one hour. At hour three, when you know that they've been operating on your child, you hear nothing. Hour five comes along and the surgeon walks out. He says to you, we discovered some things that we weren't expecting in your child while we were doing the surgery and needed to give attention to them. And then it looks like he is going to go into a detailed explanation of everything that they found and what they were doing along the way. And we're thinking just one thing, right? Is my child okay? Are they going to be okay? And once we know that, tell me that bottom line, then if you want, go ahead and give me all of the details and the terminology at that point. Now, God has given to us some spoilers with regards to life. A couple reasons for him doing so. A, for understanding and insight for us. B, for hope. Many times when we are without it, 
It's these spoilers that can make all the difference in the world. And C, to impact us in our life right now. For the next three weeks, we are going to look at some very specific spoilers that God has given to us and how they impact us in our lives. Now, this week, I just want to start us out with, the, kind of, we'll call it the big picture or the key to these specific spoilers. You may have noticed the line that has been running through here. I'm going to refer to this as the line of eternity. As far as we can go up, eternity goes on. And if we were to try to track eternity back, I mean, you just we can keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And there's like, it's because there's no end or beginning to eternity. We are going to put the history of the creation now into eternity for perspective. So we have here thousands and thousands of years. Some might even say millions of years. We have at the very beginning, creation. We have at the end here, what God would refer to as the recreation. God says he is going to recreate the heavens and the earth for us. And that's where, that's where we're going to dwell. And then we go into eternity from, from there. Now, if we come to the very beginning of creation, I'm going to make a, a mark right down here. This is what's referred to as the fall. The fall was when man and woman chose to sin against each other and to sin against God, brought death into the world, which brings us into this next phase of God's action toward man, which was the time of redemption. So let's put right here cross. Before the cross, these thousands of years, God was at work redeeming the world and mankind, which brought us up to the cross. And since that time, God has continued this work of redemption within us that is going to bring us up to, right up here, what we'll call the end time. Now, this is going to be the first question that we have for us today. And the question is this, are we in the end times? Again, I'm going to ask you, if you have chat feature right now when you're watching, would you put in your answer? Do you believe that we're in the end times? Yes or no? My answer as to are we here at these end times, yes, is a qualified Yes. If you wonder a little bit more about that, if you have questions about the end times, you'll see right now where you can text us these questions, and we're going to have a couple of uh, sessions that we do just to kind of feedback and to interact. I think that, that part is going to be a lot of fun. But here at the end times, there is a word, apocalypse. When you hear the word apocalypse or apocalyptic. What is it that comes to mind? More than the end times, are you thinking like end of the world? Are you thinking disaster? I mean, almost all blockbuster movies have some apocalyptic or apocalypse that um, the world is rushing toward. The very last book 
in the Bible. The first word of the last book that God gives to us, his communication to us, is the word apocalypse. Now, how is that for an attention getter when you're starting out a book? Apocalypse. It's actually a Greek word. The Latin translation of apocalypse is revelation. You may have, if you know how the, the last book of the Bible's title, have referred to that book as the book of Revelation. The English translation, though, of apocalypse means to reveal, or it means the unveiling. Think about it. Apocalypse. Eclipse means to cover it up. Eclipse of the sun means to conceal. Apo in front is the opposite or the unveiling or the revealing that's taken place. These three spoilers that we are going to be looking at all come out of this book of apocalypse or the revealing that God gives to us. Now, the next three words of Jesus Christ sets everything up. The apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the unveiling or revealing of Jesus. And God is going to give to us both the revealing, the unveiling of the person of Jesus in a greater way, as well as the message of Jesus in the greater way. Revelation has so much more to help us to understand Jesus. I've had the opportunity to do a lot of open-air teaching, outdoor services in Africa. And we happen to be doing outdoor services here um, in Waukesha these weeks. If you haven't been able to be out and you can, we'd love for you to stop out and join with us in it. One of the differences, though, about doing outdoor services in Africa is it is of no surprise or consequence whatsoever to see an animal just walk through the midst of the crowd while you're teaching. So there's sometimes I can be up there teaching and I can just go, hey, look, there's a lamb. And everybody would go, a lamb, oh, look at the lamb. Isn't the lamb cute? You might want to get up. You might even go and pet the lamb. You want to bring the lamb over to your family. Now, if I said, hey, everybody, look, there's a lion. It would be a completely different reaction to that. As you look at these pictures, Denise and I had the opportunity to be about 40 yards away from a dozen lions in the wild in an open-air jeep. They're over a kill. It's actually hippopotamus that they're um, feasting on at this time. But do you know what? Not one time when I was that close in the presence of a lion was I tempted to take a nap. In fact, the very presence of a lion just brought a completely different response and reaction within me. C.S. Lewis, in the Chronicles of Narnia, which he refers to as a simile of the Christian life, has a character, Aslan, which is the king of Narnia, who happens to be a lion. Lucy and Susan, when they hear about Aslan, ask this question. They said, is he safe? And their response to that was, of course he isn't safe. He's a lion. Aslan isn't safe, but he is good. 
When we think about Jesus in the Gospels, many times we think about a gentle Jesus or that lamb Jesus, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I'm not saying that there's no lion at all in the Gospels with Jesus, but way more lamb, right? But when we come to this unveiling that we have here in Revelation, all of a sudden we are seeing a different side of Jesus, the lion side of Jesus. You could say in the Gospels, Jesus seems safe. In the apocalypse, in the, in the unveiling of Jesus, he does not seem as if he is safe, but he is always good. In fact, if you have a Bible nearby, you can pull one up on your phone. If you're looking at the notes on the um, app here, I want us to look together at the book of the Apocalypse or Revelation as it starts out. It says, the Apocalypse, if you want to write that in there. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon, soon take place. Catch your timeline. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words aloud of this prophecy. Did you catch that? Person that reads this out loud is blessed. That would be me today, right? And blessed are those who hear it. There you go. Like, are you listening? And take to heart, that's how you as well will be blessed, what is written in it because the time is near. If you're going to read the book of Revelation, you want to do so with this understanding. Revelation comes in three parts. That which is, that which is to come, think spoiler, and welcome to eternity. Revelation 1 through 3 is that which is now. Revelation 4 through 20 is that which is to come, or we refer to it as the end times, or you could say it's the end, end times. And then in Revelation 21 and 22, we're here at welcome to eternity. Now here in chapter one, we get introduced to Jesus, and now Jesus in that which is now shares with us his message, the unveiling of the message that Jesus has for us today. And I have to say, this is such a powerful, it's such an important practical message for us. It's found in Revelation chapter three, verse number 20, which says this. He starts out, here I am. Some translations say, behold. I want you to circle those words if you can. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus gives to us here a very, very strong analogy that he, of a door, that he wants for us to be able to connect with in our lives concerning him. This door is the doorway in which he desires entry into our life. Now, you could refer to this and on one hand as the door of salvation or opening your life up to Jesus, or we can refer to it as the door of surrender. This would be the, the difference between the two. 
We think about the door being the door of salvation or opening yourself up to Jesus. It becomes a very simple question. Has there ever been a time in our life that we have intentionally gone to the door and welcomed Jesus into our life? Jesus will never force his way into our lives. But the gospel tells us that his desire is to be able to extend God's grace, the grace of forgiveness, the grace of relationship with him. In fact, you may not know this, the book of Revelation begins with grace. Verse four, it says, now grace and peace from him who was who is and who is to come. Just kind of right out of the gate, it starts with grace. And I found this just so intriguing. The very last statement that God concludes the Bible with. It's like these last words of Jesus are these. Now the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And then that period of amen. You see, the gospel is all about grace. Revelation 1 tells us this, to him, Jesus, who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood. The gospel says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again. And it's this message of grace, I mean, very concisely put in this one um, truth, for by grace you are saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, has there been a time that you've realized, I know that Jesus is there, he's knocking, he's calling, and I am going to open this door and invite him into my life. If you haven't done that yet, I hope that you'll do that today. The door we could say of salvation. Now that's an application of what Jesus said. The more specific individual that's being spoken to here would be for those that have already opened the door and let Jesus into their life. This door actually represents the passage that Jesus has into the various aspects of our life. Opening the door for Jesus said, I am knocking and I am calling to you. It's an active working that Jesus is doing with us today. Will you trust me? The door of surrender simply says this, Jesus, I want you. I want, to, I want you in my life. I wanna be connected with you. Pastor Bill talked about last week what it means to be abiding in Jesus. It's that inviting him in. When he talks about, I will come in and dine with you, that's that closeness. It's, it's a growing relationship or, or um, friendship, you could say, that he has with us. There are many rooms of our life that Jesus would say, I'm not going to force my way in, but would you invite me in? For example, think about, think about your life and the room of your finances and money. Jesus says, I'm here and I'm knocking and I'm calling to you. Now, you know, if you open the door and invite Jesus into the room of finance, that Jesus is gonna say to you, like, will you trust me with your tithe? 
Will you embrace generosity as I encourage you to do in your life? Sometimes we're thinking this, if I let Jesus in, I know what he's gonna say. And that's where our decision comes to its tensions. Sometimes for Christian, and again, we're talking Christian, we're talking unsafe Jesus, knocking, calling to us. Might be the area of sex. And we know that if we invite Jesus in, that there are some guidelines that he is going to give to us. He is going to say, this is for your good. This is going to be for your best. But if we don't want to listen to him, you know what we do? We just don't answer the door, right? We don't go there. In the midst of all the turmoil that we find ourselves in right now, how we treat one another. Jesus is saying, I'm knocking at this door in your life. Will you let me in and treat one another in the same way that I treated people? May I address the racism that you have within you? And we know that that's what Jesus wants to do. And it is going to govern our decision whether I'm going to open the door or not. Some people, we just think about work or school. And Jesus is on the outside. And we feel better with Jesus on the outside than if we open that door and let him in and gave him that control in our lives. This brings us back again to what God's will for us is. And in the book of, the book of Revelation, God's will is just so clear, these two aspects of it. You have the, what we would call the determined will of God or God's will of purpose and God's will of desire, or you could say God's will of pleasure. Think about it in, the, in this way. Revelation chapter four through 20, that's God's determined will or his will of purpose. It doesn't matter what people you know, do, how people wanna fight against it. These events that God said is gonna happen in Revelation four through 20, they are going to happen. It is the determined will of God. But in Revelation 1 through 3, that's when we have the desired will of God. We have God's will, not necessarily of purpose, I'm going to make this happen, but of pleasure. This is what I want for you. It may have sounded like if you let Jesus into your life, unsafe Jesus, right? If you let him in, then he's just going to make your life hard. He's gonna, do, he's gonna have you do things that you don't wanna do. I don't wanna leave us with that impression at all. Because on the other side of that door, there is one who loves us with literally an everlasting love, who wants our life to be able to be lived to the full in richness, in love, and in peace, and in joy, in other words, our life will be so much better with Jesus on the inside. Here's a part, as I just tie it all together and wrap it up, that, that I don't want any of us to miss. When Jesus says, behold, the word that he's using there, or here I am, it's a word that in the Greek language literally says this, look at me. Hey, everybody, look at me. I want you to experience this. Jesus being on the other side of the door, knocking, calling, hello, 
hey, this is Jesus here. Jesus is saying this in language that is not like, don't think about the idea of Jesus. Don't think about, yeah, I'm up in heaven somewhere. Jesus is trying to communicate this. I am here right now. I am here right beside you. I want to have this active part in your life. I want you to know how real that I am. He's active that way. His spirit is at work in us with that. And as he knocks and as he calls, he will not kick the door down. But he makes that presence so known to us. And so when you hear this call, hey, um, anybody there? Hey, this is Jesus. I'm sure there've been times when you have looked down at your phone, caller ID, seen who is there, and you sent him to voicemail, didn't you? Just go ahead and put that in the chat right now. Yep, I sent him to voicemail. Many people today, you may be one. If so, let me know. They have what's called a smart doorbell. You can see who is at your door from anywhere in your house. And if you're looking at, hey, I see who's there at my door. How many of you, upon seeing who is there, chose not to answer the door? <laughs> right? Today, with this realization, with us, Jesus, he knocks, he calls. He wants a deeper, a more robust, impactful relationship with us. The question is, are we going to open the door and let him in? In fact, I'm gonna ask you, if you would do this this week, a little out of the ordinary, but it's okay, right? Just a little out of the ordinary. I'm gonna ask you if you would, beginning today, and then every day this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, up until next Sunday, will you start your day by walking over to a door and thinking about these words? I'm here, I'm knocking, I'm calling. I stand at the door and knock. And whatever door, if it's your front door, if it's a in, in your home door, if it's your back door, would you be willing just to open that door and say these words, Jesus, I welcome you into my life. I welcome what it is that you want to do in my life. Help me to be able to know you and to be able to do that which you have said will be a way of life for me. Would you do that? I'm gonna ask everybody to stand where you're at. I mean, in your homes, if you're driving, I know you can't do this, but if you just stand up with me for a minute. And I want you to, while you're standing there, just reach out your hand, and I want you to imagine right now that there's a door. If you've trusted Jesus, what will you do next? If you haven't trusted Jesus, I wanna invite you now to open that door of your life to invite Jesus Christ in and receive his work in your life. In fact, let me pray with you to that end. Jesus, you have said, just as real as the ground that we stand on and the air that we breathe, you are beside us right now and you are knocking. For those that haven't 
open themselves up to you, your saving grace or presence, and the desire of their heart is to do so now, even as they say those words, even as they see that door opening in their life, may the saving work that you are doing be felt, be known to them. Help them to share that with somebody else as soon as they can. For those of us who have received you as Savior, Lord, may we be quick to open the door of the rooms of our life to the work that you want to do, believing that you really do have what's best in store for us and that there is so much more that you want for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you are powerful. Thank you for what you're going to do individually and collectively here. We pray these things in your name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.